This week on Paranormally Speaking, current events, Avengers Endgame, a quick review of the movie, ghosts, haunted locations, places I've been, things I write about, new things I'm writing about, and so much more. Canadian witness encounters UFO hovering over roadway. A Canadian witness at Abbotsford, British Columbia, reported an object hovering over the roadway about the width of Tulane Road. According to testimony, and in case 90803 from the Mutual UFO MUFON Witness Reporting Database, the witness was driving down a poorly lit road at 8.40 p.m., already dark on March 15, 2018. I had another person with me at the time, the witness stated. At first, I didn't really pay much attention to the craft, as I assumed it was an airplane in a distance. I started taking more notice as I continued driving, as the aircraft seemed to be quite low, and what seemed to be slow-moving. However, as I neared the aircraft, it was not moving at all. It was hovering in one spot directly over the road. It was hovering in one spot probably above the power lines as far as the distance appeared to them. I kept driving, but I slowed down as I was driving under it, directly under it. I told my companion that this is no plane. The witness described the object. It was a black color with lights, lights flashing like an airplane, as that was the deception in the start. The, the deception in the start. It was loud sounding as I passed under it, like a loud engine. It was a longish kind of shape and width, and was about the same size as the width of the road, double lanes, that is. It had some kind of strips of material fluttering off of it. It was not a drone. I drove under it, but to be honest, I was tripping out a little bit at the moment, as normally I was very skeptical of this type of thing. I drove up to the next street crossing approximately a city block and a half, and did a U-turn as I was going to take pictures or video of this. I sped back down the road, but as I neared it again, it left. It just seemed to look like any other lights in the sky within seconds. I don't know for sure what it was. When I was under it, it was really the only time I could hear its engine. I couldn't hear what it sounded like when it took off as I was speeding back toward it to take some pictures. All that I could really hear was my own engine speeding back towards it. I don't know what it was. But it was not a drone or an airplane. Canadian MUFON field investigator Carl Peterson closed this case as an unknown aerial vehicle. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. India's military claim photos are footprints 
of the mysterious and mythical Yeti. The military members found the tracks near a base camp. Because the tracks had been seen by such a large number of soldiers, they then tweeted the image out of to their some 6 million followers, sparking both interest and ridicule. The Yeti is a creature said to be related to North America's Sasquatch, also known as Bigfoot. The footprints of the mythical beast are measuring up to 32 by 15 inches close to the Makalu base camp on the 9th of April 2019. This elusive snowman has only been sighted at Makalu Baron National Park in the past. Samples of items found long ago in the Himalayan mountains have been tested with one item found to be a finger bone of a normal human and some hair turned out to be from an extinct polar bear. A majority of people believe they have seen a ghost, poll claims. Three in five people have said that they have seen a ghost in their lifetime, according to this new poll. A survey of 2,000 people found most believed they had a supernatural experience, with 40% saying they thought their pet had had one as well. One in three had either lived or stayed in a house they felt was haunted. When confronted with a ghost, men were twice as likely as women to scream and run away, while other initial responses included crying, hiding, and fainting. We know from experience that year after year, people love to be scared and seek out as many frightful opportunities as possible. If something scary isn't for you or your children, carving a pumpkin, visiting an apple orchard, or going on a hayride can also be great ways to celebrate the paranormal. Survey also identified other fears that give us the shivers, such as snakes, spiders, sharks, and drowning, heights, public speaking, failure, bees, cramped spaces, and rejection. Even though snakes ranked higher than bees on the list of fears by a more than two to one margin, most respondents said they would rather have snakes slither all over them than to be surrounded by a swarm of bees. In honor of Throwback Thursday, I'm going to add an excerpt from a segment where I was featured and chronicled on Fox 28 News and ABC 6 News in Columbus, Ohio. It was an evening segment that took place after my appearance on Good Day Columbus. This was back in 2010, so I have aged gracefully and put on some more weight to keep me warm during the winters. Virginia War Veterans is known for its annual Scarecrow Festival. 
and the Fayette County Fair. And while every small town has its traditions, some have their very own ghost stories. I'd like to bring five to think most of it's hogwash. Washington Courthouse Fire Lieutenant Tim Downing has heard most of the spooky tales of the town. The unknown. Everybody wants to know the unknown. I mean, it's like Sasquatch. I watch every program I can about it. Do I believe it exists? No. But is it possible? Anything's possible. Possibility of paranormal activity at Washington Courthouse is what brought Neil Hart This is the way to the lower level beneath that room. And his team of investigators to the Carnegie Library. It's not necessarily your soul that's still here, but just the energy left behind. From the day I started, I heard of somebody named Elizabeth. Sarah Nichols has worked at the library for more than a year. What I've heard have been um, stories of footsteps, a particular scent that she's known for, pages turning and the registry for the genealogy room. The elevator going up and down um, when the building is empty. Mary Elizabeth Johnson was a librarian here from 1911 until 1956 when illness forced her to retire. But many believe she never left. We did have some painters who were here and refused to work at night after a few uh, scary encounters that they had. When they were painting in here, they heard footsteps, and they heard shuffling of feet and the smell of a strong rose perfume, uh, like, a, like an old world style rose perfume. It was in this same room that several of the investigators began feeling a bit strange. A reading of the electromagnetic field, or EMF, in the room was extremely high. This is completely off the grid. Levels of EMF like that can trigger people who are sensitive to it. Um, could trigger nausea. Uh, skin irritations and just overall feelings of dread or feeling like somebody's watching you. EMF measures the amount of energy given off by an object. A high reading like what they found on this night could indicate something as simple as bad wiring or... Another possibility is that the EMF is so high that it's allowing things to manifest, kind of like uh, uh, an energy paradox, uh, allowing things to move in. Residual energy is a residual being uh, what used to be here at that point in time, say it might be Elizabeth, uh, was so drawn to this place, was so in love with her job, and felt so, I guess, ousted uh, up until the time she fell ill before she died, that she never really wanted to leave. We'll never know who or what was in that room, but according to Stephen Park, there was definitely something. Go over there and see if you can anything now, just while we're talking. Okay, coming up new at 10.30, we'll show you what happened when we took Stephen back into that room where his sensitivity to EMF really kicked in. Now, would he have another strange reaction, or was it something different altogether? Part 2 of our paranormal investigation, new at 10.30. Seeing more negative spirits or a demonic entity, uh, we don't want to further agitate it and cause an adverse effect. Neil Parks and his team of paranormal investigators traveled to Washington Courthouse after reports of strange activity at the Carnegie Public Library. Well, the stories range from odd smells and strange noises to pages turning on their own. Is it all in their heads or is it paranormal activity? Our story picks up as a team member revisits a room where he felt the eerie effects of a paranormal presence. The Carnegie Library in Washington Courthouse is the backdrop of many ghost stories among the people who live here. I don't think anybody thinks that it's a scary place. 
built in 1903, many believe the place is haunted by this woman, Elizabeth Johnson, a former librarian who died in the late 1950s. We did a renovation in 2008 um, and updated the building and um, closed off a stairwell. The painters were painting above where the stairwell was and um, they heard noises, footsteps, heard somebody coming up the stairs and the young men who were painting with this crew were so scared that they were had to be driven home by the i guess the head painter okay we're getting strong ratings down here now was it elizabeth we'll never really know ghost stories are told but few are actually proven that's why neil parks and his paranormal investigation team came here you don't want to go on assuming that everything's a ghost you want to uh, this equipment validates the feelings we get uh, like the, the head rush, the headache, the, the, the cold chills, the hair standing up on the back of your neck. Maybe that could explain investigator Stephen Park's strange reaction to this room. It means another guy on our team, Donnie. Uh, both actually, he started getting a headache, I started getting feeling sick to my stomach. It's the same room where those painters claim to have heard footsteps. We asked him to go back inside. Now, if you felt something and felt a little ill before, but maybe don't now, could that mean that whatever was in this area maybe has moved somewhere else? It could. Um, right now, though, once again, I am starting to get a little sick to my stomach. Um, and that's generally how it manifests to me. And I feel, feel like a presence is pushing on me in this area. So it's just feels odd. Are you uncomfortable? Yeah, a little bit. Hart felt better once he was outside of that room. His experience was pretty much the highlight of our ghost hunt at the Carnegie Library. But there were a few other odd happenings that night. Like a camera that had been turned off was somehow back on. And when I held these dousing rods used to pinpoint magnetic occurrence, they went a little haywire. And you don't feel anything creepy right now either, Despite a lack of concrete evidence on this particular outing, the team stays positive. Throughout my entire life, I've experienced things of that nature and um, was always afraid to talk about it. I, I thought maybe it was my mind playing tricks on me or uh, possibly people who throw stones at me for speaking openly about it. As the team packs up and calls it a night. But thank God for shows like Ghost Hunters really opening the, the doorway for people like myself and my team to speak openly about it and not be chastised. They're already wondering what their next quest will uncover. After all, it is just a ghost story away. So the team really believes in what they do. There could be simple explanations sure. for some of the things that they discovered or experienced. There could also be more complex explanations. So sure. just one of those things and what you believe in. And they use their equipment to try and prove the feelings that they have. Right. Well, as you said, uh, there is a newfound credibility to their Absolutely. work and based on TV shows and the like, so they're able to talk about it more freely. Are you are you more of a believer in the paranormal than you were before? Not um, that you weren't before? I kind of always, I do believe that there is something else out there. Um, I didn't experience anything that really made me, you know, feel like that. Yeah. But I do believe that there could be something out there. So I'm, you know, 
Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store.